Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. The Volume. What up, y'all? It's Snaps, presented by FanDuel. Football season's here, and you already know there's no better place to get in on the action than, you guessed it, FanDuel. As far as the app itself goes, look, it's safe, it's easy, it's secure. I've been using it for a while now. There's always great exclusive offers. Dude, on Thursday night, you get a free $10 same game parlay. Like, it's completely free. If you lose, you get that money back to bet again with. And when you do win, you'll get paid fast, which is very important. Because you can win in a lot of ways, right? Spread, money line over, unders, totals, futures, props, all of it, same game parlays. It's all there for you. The live betting, you can even live bet same game parlays. What are we talking about here? So use the promo code SNAPS and download the FanDuel app today to make every moment more this football season. SNAPS. Ah. Must be 21 and present in select states only. Gambling problem? 1 800 next step or text next step to 53342. Arizona, call 1 800 gambler or visit fanduel.com slash RG. Colorado, Indiana, Minneapolis, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Virginia. 1 888 789 7777. Or visit ccpg.org slash chat. Connecticut, 1 800 9 with it. Indiana, 1 877 770 stop. In Louisiana, 1 877 8 hope ny or text hope ny 467 369. New York, Tennessee red line 1 800 889 9789. Tennessee, 1 800 522 4700. Wyoming, or Yo, 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 what is up, everybody? I hope you had a wonderful Saturday, whether you're listening to this live on the Volume Sports YouTube channel, which if you are, what up? Shout out. Very happy to have you here on this spooky Halloween night. Go ahead and hit the like button, share it with your friends, all that good stuff. If you're listening in the future, first off, I hope the future's cool. I hope we're alive, and I hope you got good Halloween candy if you're listening on a Monday. The point is, we're live post-game Saturday, about to break down all of the day's action. And never forget, this is all brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook. 
Uh, download the FanDuel Sportsbook app, promo code SNAPS, promo code SNAPS, and it was a good day for the boys, as if this Carolina result holds, which it absolutely should. We're looking at a 5-1 and one for the SNAPS boys. Let's give it up, folks. Let's go, dude. Let's fucking go. I'm your host, T-Bob Aver, joined by your other host, Mr. Aaron Murray, QB1 of the Georgia Bulldogs. Aaron, what's up, dude? Hey, listen, I, I take full blame for us not going 6-0. and uh, For those who listened to our picks on Friday, I, 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 I screwed up. I screwed up. I did not watch enough Louisville film to make a confident back. I put, I put my money on Wake Forest and eight turnovers, I believe, in the second half. Most, hold on, most hold on. Nope, 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 nope. Yeah, I, 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 I got I gotta, I gotta stop here. I gotta stop you on multiple fronts. First off, first off, there's another two in one week for you. Second off, your unders continue to be the most money unders in the game. If Aaron gives you an under that he feels strong about, fucking smash it. All it does is win you money. Second week in a row, Aaron's won me a big bet. Thirdly, eight turnovers and a half is a mathematical outlier that never happens. You cannot count on the, the quality the of that bet. I think in it's the game, whole game. Sorry. Doesn't. I, I, I don't care. Game. Does not matter, dude. Outlier. That's a burn the tape game. Okay, that's a burn the yep. tape bet. You can't take anything from it. You remain excellent. Five and one. Let's go. Oh, and look and now everybody. Oh, Parker Horton, T-Bob, that TCU cover was BS. No way, dude. It's exactly how I knew it was going to go down. And I told you <laughs> on Friday's best bet that he was going to take Morgantown into Duggantown. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, no, look, we talked about it on AMP earlier. Bottom line, just remember, R and Jesus giveth and he taketh away. So we give thanks in the good times, but we also give thanks in the bad times. But today, he gave it in the form of a fourth down, touchdown, up three, 40-yard touchdown pass with 20 seconds left to cover. Let's go, Max Duggan! Yes, for the boys. All right, all right. So let's start here, though, Aaron, because there is a name. So okay, right now, House of the Dragon, great show, right? Just spent an entire season doing wonderful things. Now we're set up for a dragon fight and guess what next week in college football we're set up for a battle of a couple of dragons as tennessee absolutely demolishes kentucky tonight i mean aaron it's halloween and tennessee looks downright spooky they kicked kentucky's ass it wasn't even close the uniforms looked incredible while doing so uh think about this aaron the disparity between these two teams, and think about how extreme it was given this game. What was the final score? 44 to 6? At the beginning of the year, we were just talking about who was the second best team in the East. And like we we're like, maybe it's Tennessee, maybe it's Kentucky, you know. Oh, South Carolina's kind of good, right? And then, and then, and then they come out and do this. I mean, th th this is the type of win that if you're a player in Kentucky, this this crawls into your mind and it sits there and it either breaks yep. you or it makes you. We'll see over time. But like Tennessee, take a bow. No look ahead, Louis here. I mean, they locked in and they've they they I mean they dismantled it. They 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 basically broke them on a mental, physical, and spiritual level. And if you're a Kentucky yep. fan right now, even though you've had stoops for years and you've been building positively for years, it took Josh Heupel and this hyperspeed offense two years to show you you will never be better than them 
You may catch the off year, but you will never be better than him. And you know what the salt in the wound was, Aaron? There's a video of the Tennessee basketball team getting their SEC championship trophy, and they walk it over to the Kentucky section of fans and start pointing at it and then waving bye-bye to them. So not only are they <laughs> football like they always have, but they're even flashing their basketball balls in front of you. Just a brutal day to be a Kentucky fan, dude. Yeah, it, it was bad. It, and I, I've been trying to say, say, you know, tell people this for a few weeks now because everyone's bitching and moaning about Tennessee's defense. Oh, Tennessee's defense is garbage. Oh, it's bad. Look at the stats. Look at the games this year, though. I mean, like, they're not that bad on defense. Uh, they, they've had a couple moments. I think Florida, I think once again, Florida, they only gave up 21 points for the first three quarters of the game. Uh, a couple of trash or one trash touchdown at the end that did make it close. Yep. Obviously, Alabama's Alabama. But like overall, like this isn't a horrendous defense, and and I guess we can make the comparison to LSU once again back in 2019. Like it wasn't a terrible yep. defense, yes. Yes. it wasn't a great yes. defense, but it wasn't a terrible defense. But when you when you pair it with that offense back in 19, and then you pair it with the offense that, that Tennessee has right now, it doesn't freaking matter. So for this defense being horrific, for a defense that supposedly can't stop anyone, that can't stop the pass. Gave up less than 100 yards passing tonight versus Kentucky. And people are going to continue making, well, it's Kentucky. They don't throw the ball. Like, stop making excuses. This is a good football no, team. No, no, they this do is throw a, the ball. They, Kentucky, Kentucky has won their games. Also, Kentucky has won their games oh, yeah. throwing the ball this year. Like, they've been able to run oh, the ball. Tennessee. Yeah, so, I mean, let's, let's just, yeah. Let's, Tennessee's, let's, you know, Tennessee's, Tennessee's defense is not – a major major weakness i think they're getting better and better every week i love the no. style of play i like the i love the aggression and then when you couple the fact that this offense I, I just i don't know how you slow it down you know especially now that you had cedric tillman back like cedric tillman was back first time in about a month month plus kind of got his feet wet a little bit jalen hyatt once again goes out there catches two touchdowns brew mccoy continues to play a big role um you know hendon is just is is he is now, I think, tied for the favorite on Fanduel right now to, to for for the Heisman think, odds. Uh, and if he wins Brum, next did he week, take he will be. Did he take the lead in the third quarter, Brum? Do we know? Can can we get a check on that? The odds. Uh, are, sorry, I, mean, I will double check right now. All right, cool. Go ahead, Aaron. Yeah. No, I mean, Hendon Hooker has taken the lead. He's at plus yeah, 100, plus one hundred. Yeah, plus one hundred. Plus one fifty. Yeah, so he is now even money to win the Heisman. Insanity, insanity. I mean, what was it like? Uh, plus two thousand a couple of weeks ago. Looks like we might have lost Aaron for a second here. Um, look, I mean, well, look, we we, we kind of told yeah. you coming into this game. What Aaron? Okay, okay, you're back. Okay, what Aaron was just talking about though with the Tennessee defense. It's what we talked about the other day, Aaron. Right? Like, it, it was a bit interesting because Will Levis has actually been how Kentucky's been having success. But ideally, Kentucky wants to get Rodriguez going. They want to have a great run game and have Levis operate off of that run game. And we told you, Tennessee is a legitimately great run defense, holding opponents to under three yards of carry coming into this game. And this game's no different. I mean, they somehow hold, you know, under 100 yards passing, which is insane, but only 107 yards rushing on the night, 3.2 yards per play for Kentucky. Mm. Um, I, I think that when you – okay, so here's the deal with Tennessee that, that makes them so good is that when you combine their ability – to stop teams from running the ball, which um, helps to stall out early drives with their offensive ability 
to build up these leads, Tennessee can make you one-dimensional way earlier in the game than seemingly any other team in the country. And as soon as you enter that kind of one-dimensionality, that's when uh, they can just start being crazy aggressive and they can just start pinning their ears back. And the DBs are improving. Like, the DBs are getting better. But they can pass rush. And they yep. get creative. And they and they add guys and they do a lot of twists and stunts. And, and, and trust me, Aaron, I know this is cliche, but as an offensive lineman, there is no worse worse place to exist than when the D line is pinning their ears back. It's yeah. it's just awful. It's just awful. They they have no well, responsibility. When you're on the road too, when you're yes. on the road, oh, in a place it's the like worst. Kneeling, it, it it sucks. So yeah, they their D line's legit, man. Like Young coming off the edge, and, and you said it, man. All the twists and stunts, and they get you behind the change like they did for Kentucky over and over tonight. I do disagree. Um, who said it in the chat? Someone said that that. I think it was Parker that they don't have Kentucky doesn't have consistency at the skill position. And I, I, I don't, I don't agree with that. I think Will Levis is a top two round first. He, he has first round talent. He doesn't play like it, but he has first round talent. You got a first round really? talent, talent quarterback. You got a, a tremendous running back in Chris Rodriguez. I think they have good receivers, you know, from Tavian Robinson, uh, Baron Brown is an absolute freak. I mean, just hell of an athlete. Like they have, I think really good skill guys it's just their scheme is it's almost similar to like AM. And like we keep we always bitch about AM and how simple it is and how they yeah. don't do a lot. Kentucky's kind of the same way, man. It's just it's it's old school line up, yep. pound the football, run it, eat up the clock, and that's how we're gonna win the game. The issue this year with Kentucky is they don't have that big blue front that that, no, that we're yeah. accustomed to seeing for Kentucky. It's just an average offensive line at best. They can't pass protect, they can't run protect. And if you want to run an offense that's built around running the football and, and play action pass off that, well, you can't really play action pass if you can't get the run game going. So this is, to me, more than anything, this is bad coordinating for Kentucky, trying to, to, to fit a square peg in a round hole when obviously your offense line is not built to be the foundation of your offense. It's your quarterback and it's your receivers and it's getting your, the ball to your back in space. And, and they just refuse to kind of, uh, do anything different than this pro style system we see week in and week out. Yeah, it's 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 been interesting, man. Because um, I think the great coaches, like you said, Aaron, are the ones who can develop scheme to their personnel. And what you're seeing out of Kentucky, maybe it's not an issue of can or can't. Maybe it's an issue of are, are they willing to or not. Uh, but they are very clearly not willing to like. Stoops wants to build this thing in the same way that Harbaugh is building Michigan. And Michigan looked damn strong today. Me, me and Brum were joking about it before the show, right? Like, Michigan may be the best team in the country, but they're not the best team in the country. Like, they may have the actual best, like, three phases, offensive line, defensive line. They might be the most complete but they struggle at the one or they don't struggle. He, he's, he's pretty good. Right. But we're talking about the best, like they're limited at the one Not position. You cannot be limited. And they run a style that is, um, uh, I think a little more talent dependent, maybe a little more easy to potentially shut down. And so what happens though, when you're Kentucky and you're trying to do that and you don't have the resources or the cachet or the recruiting of a Michigan it's going to allow people to punch up on you, but it's also like a South Carolina, but it's also going to allow bullies to beat you down 
And that's what you experienced tonight. You got beat down. And, bro, I mean, in the Halloween unis, too. Yeah. Damn. Like, the black and orange Bobby Top Tennessee was pumped. VFL right here. Noted VFL. Can't wait to bury the dogs next week. Uh, maybe make it Halloween weekends two weeks in a row. You know what I'm saying? But Ugga in the dirt is coming, man. Uh, anyway, I'm very excited for next week, Aaron Murray. Uh, I, you know, me and the rest of my Tennessee boys, we ready to invade Sanford Stadium and come out with that dub. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I, I want to hold off on anything right now oh. for that game. Uh huh. I will say this: it, as we, as, as, as we, you know, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about rankings heading into the first release of the playoffs. But like, name one resume that's better than Tennessee's right now. I, there isn't from from you know what LSU is and, and and how good they've looked. You know they embarrassed them there in Baton Rouge. They beat Alabama. Uh, they beat Kentucky. Yeah. They beat a ranked Pittsburgh. I mean they they beat a ranked Florida. They 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 have five ranked wins this season right now. I think God, that has dang. to be the most in the country. Five ranked wins. They're undefeated. They have the best offense in the country. It, it's hard for me right now, and if I'm in the committee, to, to honestly say, why doesn't this team deserve to be the number one team in the country when these rankings come out on Tuesday? Well, because ultimately, right, Aaron, the AP is a system where we rarely reward. Um, I'm not talking about the AP. I'm talking about the wins. playoff. This is the first playoff. Oh, oh you're talking about the playoff. Okay, first playoff. Okay, no, no, first playoff. I think Different I think Tennessee probably will be number one. Yes, I think it's about AP, right? Because in the AP, we we don't reward winning like we do, like we punish losing, right? So like, yeah, Georgia, Georgia, because Georgia, and we'll talk about Georgia right now. Like Georgia looked great today. They they oh, kicked yeah. Florida's ass for eighty five percent of that game and made it look easy. So like we'll 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 talk about Georgia and so yeah you're not going to bump them down but no no with, with the playoff and and also you know the playoff loves to generate a little buzz right I mean let's be honest it's a TV show uh then and then they also you know they know that Georgia and Tennessee are going to play that week so it would uh, not surprise me at all if Tennessee actually no no not 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 surprised because that's like the weakest possible take you can make i was joking about that on my show this week if you say you know i wouldn't be surprised like what what, what are you telling me all you're saying you're just covering both bases you're just trying to sit the fence and then say i was right if your thing comes true like well, i wouldn't be surprised if lsu beat alabama well uh what i mean take a fucking anyway <laughs> i think you're right i think i think i think that tennessee will be number one in this first playoff and they should be but yeah. they still got to go to sanford and georgia looked good today i mean florida georgia world's largest outdoor cocktail party and the dogs take him down 42 to 20 aaron you're gonna bark a little bit how you feeling well I, first off you have one year i said early on our on our show on amp uh after our 330 after the 330 games you you have a year to continue to practice georgia versus florida since you know like oh, I, shit, I you this I forgot, week. Dude. you're an outsider outsiders kind of their rule is you, you you pronounce it based on the team that won so uh georgia keeps the naming rights for for a second straight year actually it's like a third fourth fifth straight year but anyways no they man they, they look good uh besides the third quarter it was set to at times was it was Setson was trying to be josh allen a couple times you know trying to throw balls down the field uh without putting much air on it he got lucky with one to bowers where you know the, the defender was in the perfect spot ends up popping it up bowers is bowers and 
makes a hell of a catch and turns into a touchdown. Next time he tries to do it, it ends up being an interception. Like, I, I love – it's a fine line because last year Stetson was was ballsy and gutsy and daring and willing to take chances. And and I thought, you know, he, he got in trouble at times, but he also played great. And, and, and then this time, at times this year, I felt like Stetson was playing a little bit too cautious where he was afraid to make the mistake. He talked about, hey, I'm going to take care of the football a little bit better this year. And, and we've seen him, I would say, be a little bit inaccurate at times, ball sailing, not following through, not committing to his throws. And I was like, okay, there's don't don't rear back that much, Stetson. Don't, don't, don't become too conservative because that's your personality is being that go-getter, that gunslinger, that Brett Favre mentality. But today he just went a little bit too far. So he just he he needs to find a little bit of the in-between. And I think he'll be just fine because I've said it before, plenty of arm strength can make all the throws you want mobile all that good stuff but you're not josh allen you aren't brett Favre. you can't gun a ball 25 30 yards down the field on an absolute rope and think that you're going to complete the passes but overall great game great job running which we knew they could do florida's florida's d-line is you know one of the worst in the sec they got after him 239 rushing yards i thought kenny looked great besides the fumble you know brock looked great lad looked great darnell looked great uh and then the defense was was tremendous it was great to get jalen back incorporated and, and you saw him getting after the quarterback. So um, really, really great game. Good job. And, um, yeah, neither team was really – I don't think you could say either team was looking ahead to next weekend's matchup in, 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 in Athens. So what you're telling me is Stetson uh, was maybe a bit too stoquavious tonight. And on the scale of Stetson – so on yes. the scale of Stetson to Stoquavius – you need him leaning Stequavius, but not full to Squavius. So here's my yeah. question to you, though, Aaron, because you're right. Georgia ran the ball fantastically tonight. Uh, I think almost 200-yard rushers on, like, limited carries, too. I mean, we're talking, like, seven, eight yards a carry. You're yeah. not going to do that against Tennessee. We know that. Now, I'm not saying Tennessee is going to shut you down like they have rushing, other rushing attacks. You know, I, I think the, the truth is going to be in the middle. But you're not going to run all over Tennessee. And so the question then becomes, can Stequavius overcome Tennessee? Can Stequavius keep up with Hendon Hooker? That's a, you need AD. I think I think at the end of the day you need you need AD Mitchell out there. I was I was hoping that he would get out there today to start getting some reps and get his feet wet and get incorporated back into the offense. So I, I'm guessing they they felt comfortable that hey we're going to take care of business for Florida. Let's make sure he's 100% for the for what could be a track meet next week uh, in the Classic City. But I think if, if he is playing, I think that gives me more confidence that, yes, they can go toe-to-toe -to -toe if it does get a little bit wild. But I, I still don't have confidence right now. And and it was kind of my same feeling last year when, when Georgia played Alabama, where I do think Georgia's offense is better this year. If this thing does turn into a track meet where the game's in the – I would even say maybe north of 35, but definitely if it's flirting with 40 plus points, um, Georgia's not going to win that type of game. They're not like they, they, Georgia is still still a team that's going to have to rely on, on great defense and and and, a, and and really good offense. Not elite offense. They're not elite in that area. They're very very good. They are a top three or four offense in the SEC. But you're talking about the best offense in the country, not just in your conference, the best offense in the country in Tennessee. So yeah. defensively, is gonna they're going to have to keep the game, I would say, into the low 30s, 
and would be great to keep it in the 20s if you can um just to give you <laughs> that ain't happening there's no way that's what i'm saying man like that's a little bit i'm a little bit nervous no for way. it if, if you hold this tennessee team in the 20s um you should get some sort of trophy I, I don't know if it's the sec championship trophy but like just at the end of the game they should give you some sort of prize or if like this was a video game you would get an achievement and it would be like an ultra rare one that nobody else had got j lab has something for everyone with earbuds and headphones that are as versatile as you are perfect for calls listening to podcasts and working out they are built for every single moment JLab is proud to partner with powerhouse college athletics, UCLA, Duke, Gonzaga, Indiana, St. John's, TCU, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Minnesota, San Diego State, and more. From lively tailgates to coaches play calling and courtside rivalries to college athletics and IL deals, JLab joins the action and connects with 182 million plus college sports fans nationwide. They're excited to partner with 17 D1 college schools showcasing their passion and loyalty of fans and athletes across the United States. Whether creating cutting-edge tech products or pursuing athletic greatness, being the best takes hard work and commitment. JLab is proud to partner with schools who are showcasing the hard work, perseverance, and even the championship celebrations across all college sports. Use code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order, visit jlab.com to find your kind of tech. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Um, well, all I know where is that uh, Georgia come out to play. It's going to be a fun week. It's going to be a fun mm. week getting ready for the little Athens. Now, now, this is true, though. Tennessee, every big stage. I mean, I guess they went did they, they went to the swamp, right? But these last couple big stages, 
It's been in Knoxville. And Knoxville they, is they not just LSU. 100, they went to Baton Rouge and beat the living shit out of you guys. Like, come on. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, well, yeah, yeah, that's true. I guess like, I forgot about that. Yeah. But, but I mean, but LSU's not like LSU is scrappy and good. They are not great, right? Tennessee is working towards no. greatness. Georgia is great. My point is when they played greatness, they got it in Knoxville. Okay. Now they got to go take on greatness on the road. And that is something different. We'll see if they're if 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 they're ready for that. But it is going to be the the Jalen has to be healthy. Time. If I, I feel a lot better about Georgia's defense slowing down for or excuse me Tennessee, if Jalen is a hundred percent at D line because he is a, he's a, he's going to be the number one defensive tackle picked in the NFL draft next year. He's probably going to be a top three pick in the draft overall. He is a difference maker. And if you want to be able to play coverage, play two high safeties what you're going to need to do versus Tennessee and still be able to stop, you know, Jabari Small and Hennon from running, you're going to need Jalen disrupting the offensive line, disrupting the yeah. timing from Hendon. Yeah. That's the key. And that's the one area that Georgia's not been great at this year with Jalen out. They only have seven sacks. They have not been getting after the quarterback. So if he is not full go next week, that's an issue. Uh, Bama Boy Gump in the chat says LSU's not winning the West. Uh, I fucking hope they're not winning the West, Bama Boy Gump. You're never fucking hear the end of it if they do. Just fucking wait to come next week, dude. Anyway, uh, up north we go. Uh, as it's been a very SEC-centric show thus far, setting up the heavyweight matchup next week. But the other heavyweight in all of this is Ohio State, right? Ohio State today goes and takes care of business 44-31. to So they always do against Penn State. Uh, I think they've won the last four years by 13, 9, 11, now 13 again. Uh, that's 10 of the last 11 for the Buckeyes. Um, Penn State played well in a lot of ways, Aaron. But ultimately, if you are trying to affect an upset against C.J. Stroud and maybe the best team in the country, you I mean, you can't lose to turnover battle 4-0, to zero, right? No. I mean, that, no. that, that, that's, that, that, that just is what it is. Well, Ohio State scored 28 points in the fourth quarter. I mean, it was a ball game. I mean, we're 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 in the third quarter, and in Penn State's winning, Ohio State takes the lead. They go up 16-14. You're like, man, this is this is not the yes. kind of game that we were expecting. Then all of a sudden, you know, turnovers, pick six, fumbles, and then you know, you you do enough of that, Ohio State's going to get right on offense. And you know, you you made fun of me last week because I said this about Ohio State how they took care of business defensively versus Iowa. And you kind of chuckled, and I think a lot of people probably feel that way. But they did what they were supposed to do against a really bad offense. They only gave up three points. That seven points was was a fumble from C.J. Stroud that Iowa turned into a touchdown. They won today because of their defense on the road. Those turnovers, the pick sixes, the fumbles, all that, like they dominate on that side of the football as the offense kind of figured itself out there in the fourth quarter. And and to me, that's if I'm an Ohio State fan, I'm excited as hell because you know this offense is going to be great. They are still one of the best offenses in the country. You got CJ, you got Henderson. You know, Marvin Harrison Jr. has been absolutely dominant this entire season, 10 catches, 185 yards in this game. Just imagine when you get Smith and Jigba back inserted into that offense, how much better they're going to be. He is still the best receiver in college football that has barely played the season. So to know that your defense can win games and you're still missing that on offense, that is scary. But I get Penn State props, man. They, they, the fans were great. The atmosphere was great. You know, they, they, they made an interesting game. And for those betting, they covered. So I, that's, that's a positive, too. At least you covered at home. 
Mm, okay, so here's my only problem with the Ohio State defense. Yes, they won them the game with the turnovers. I'm always worried about turnovers being replicable, right? Because it's also what Sean Clifford has kind of always been prone to do. It's make a lot of huge plays that will put you into games. Maybe some of the mistakes are going to lose them. And today, I mean, look, Clifford ends up, uh, what was he, 32 of 47, 371, three mm. touchdowns. Great. But then three picks. And 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 here's where maybe maybe the Penn State's offense. I mean, look, Penn State absolutely dominated Auburn, a team that's been, I guess, kind of fighty, if nothing. Here's the deal. I know Penn State is good, but is this a red flag that Penn State today outgained Ohio State by 30? They had more first downs. They held Ohio State under a hundred rush yards. CJ Stroud only accounted for one touchdown. They held Ohio State to just 33% conversions on third down. Uh, Penn State one time of possession, but they lost the game by 13. So I think like there's one of two ways you could take that, right? Like you can be like, oh my God, Ohio State must be incredible. Like how could they all that happen? They still win by double digits. Or is it like, man, if Ohio State didn't get a couple of those turnovers, like were they going to be in trouble today? Like, like do you feel, okay, do you feel better or worse about Ohio State, Michigan? After the two games today, do you feel better or worse about Ohio State's chances against Michigan, Aaron? I feel better about Michigan's chances against Ohio State. I guess I'll okay, flip yeah. the way around. Yeah, but the towels phrase it because they, they, so. they, what we've seen, and I, we we talked about this past week on the show is like you know what what's the recipe to beat Ohio State? It's it's you have to run the football, you have to dominate the line of scrimmage. And you have to make them one dimensional. And that's what happened last year versus Oregon. That's what happened last year versus Michigan. And you look at Ohio State the past two weeks, and maybe why you've seen a little bit of struggles, at least early on in games, is, is they haven't hit 100 yards back to back games rushing the football. And that yeah. teams have forced them to be a little bit more one dimensional. So you look at what Michigan's done this year, it's they're doing a great job stopping the run. They're running the hell of the ball with with JJ and and Corum back there. They got a great offensive line. They got a great defensive line. So yeah, like right now, the model is is somewhat being proven. And and and, and yes, Ohio State won today. But you kind of saw a glimpse of okay, Michigan dominated Penn State. Michigan is is that next step. And if Penn State can make it somewhat competitive, and if Penn State can make Ohio State one dimensional, Michigan could clearly do that as well. So you know, the one difference between last year and this year is it's it's in ohio state and it's not there at michigan you know we're seeing it this year more than ever like home field advantage you just talked about tennessee playing at home home field advantage is gigantic michigan dominated penn state at home penn state played a great game today versus ohio state for three quarters at home tennessee beat alabama at home home field advantage is huge in college football so the fact that it's in Ohio State may, gives me a little bit more comfort if I was a Buckeye fan, but no, like the recipe is definitely there, and what Michigan does could allow them to win that game here at the end of the month. Yeah, I, it's I, I mean I'm, I'm I'm with you. At the end of the day, I, it sounds weird, right? How does a ranked Michigan beat a ranked Penn State by 13? And I'm giving more credit to Michigan dismantling a very bad Michigan State team, but but I'm right there with you. Um, Side note, before we get to A&M, where it's a bad time being an A&M fan, Aaron, how would you be feeling if you were a Michigan State fan right now? It's also not great, dude. I mean, I would not be going full panic button. Like, like I, I would, I'm sure if I love the team or I covered the team, I would have plenty of, 
well-reasoned arguments and you know and here's i mean if you really look at it right these are the issues uh, plaguing the team and these are things that can be solved and and quite honestly many phases of the program are moving in the correct direction but 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 you would have to put to, you would have to really strive for these arguments like they do not mm-hmm. present themselves. It's 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 a real, and then you see all these charts, and it's like most guaranteed money, and it's you know it's like Kirby Smart and you know Brian Kelly, and it's all, and then it's like and it's like Mel Tucker, and everybody down, and we got the contract in the first place. I just can't imagine a worse post-contract year than what Mel Tucker is currently going through right now. This is just this is why. University is just throwing money away. This is why you, you should, we should not be giving these coaches seven, eight, nine, ten year contracts. Like, are you wait? Just, so are you out on Mel Tucker long term? Like, do you think he gets this thing fixed? No, I'm not out on him long term. I think I think you know, give him time. Like, I don't want to rush it. Like, I don't, also don't want to rush this either. But just you know, at least if you gave someone a, a, I would say, I would say four years should be the con- the, the length of the contract. I don't like getting rid of a coach after three years. I think you need to get to a four-year guy, get through a complete cycle of recruiting before you really determine, okay, is this the guy the best fit for us or not? But like, so he still has some time to kind of figure it out. So no, I'm not, I'm not stressing too, too much about it at the moment. Um, you know, the, the one thing that does work, it should always worry you if you're Michigan State in that conference is kind of like what we discussed with Kentucky is the fact that you are in the Big Ten and you're in the in, in, in the East and you have to deal with Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Maryland's having a good year, and and these schools recruit at a higher clip than you do. So it's just the the, the separation of talent's already there, and if the coaches is, is not equaling that separation, then then you're in deep doo doo. Uh yeah, I I I now now I agree I agree. Um, I think Ohio State, excuse me, I think Michigan State can recruit maybe like to that level, but I don't know. Mel Tucker's, it's an awful year. It's an awful year. And maybe he was ahead of the curve with the transfer portal at a time, but everybody has copied and or also now arrived at the same place that he did, which was, oh, we need like a full staff committed to it now 24-7. Can Michigan State, well, it remains to be seen with Mel Tucker, but uh not a great feeling today, Halloween uh, in East Lansing. Not a great feeling today, Halloween uh, in College Station. As Ole Miss goes into Texas A&M, well, final score, 31-28. I did not write this one down. I believe that was it, right? 31-28, am I correct? correct? Okay, just double-checking there. Um, and really, again, kind of, um, kind of not that close. Right. Uh, shout out to Vegas, who you know, somehow always ends up in the range. Um, but really, A and M. That game kind of felt like it was over. Now credit A and M. They were down ten. They managed to score with three timeouts and about a minute and a half left. Uh, they sign of a bad coach team. They they the kicker goes rogue and doesn't onside kick it. Doesn't onside kick it when they're trying to get the ball back. Uh, instead decides to kick it deep. Jimbo and the special teams coach are chewing his ass out. Then you're like, oh, wait, did this work out? Because they stop him three and out. They use the three timeouts. But then more bad special teams, they allow to punt the roll. It rolls all the way down within the 10, and the game finally ends. But another loss for Texas A&M at home this time in front of that crowd 
and uh, Ole Miss kind of stabilizes. So is this, Aaron, classic sports talk. Is this a better win for Ole Miss or a worse loss for Texas A&M? Oh, I think it's a better win for Ole Miss. I, I think it's a huge okay, win for Ole Miss. Because I think A&M right now, I think people kind of feel like that ship has sailed for this season. So if, if you're Ole Miss, you're yeah. still you know seven and one for goodness sakes if you would have lost this game to a team that's kind of you know not going to make a bowl game then then that's uh that's not what you want so yeah i think this was more pivotal for old miss to kind of get the ship righted and 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 i'll just look at the schedule now old miss hasn't even had a bye week like they've just been grinding uh so now they they they're they're eight and one which is a hell of a record they get to go into a bye week before they have to face uh, i believe it's alabama mississippi state and arkansas so you know can they I don't think they're going to beat Alabama. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but you never know. Maybe Alabama gets beat up a little bit by LSU next weekend as Ole Miss is kind of relaxing, taking the weekend off. But I think they have a chance versus Arkansas, and I think they have a legitimate chance uh, versus Mississippi State as well. So could you get back-to-back seasons for 10 wins for Ole Miss? It, it's 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 right there for the taking. But I, I will say the insane. one – I mean, that would be, that would be such an accomplishment A&M, for Lane. Yeah, yeah it's huge. The one positive for AM is you, you finally have a quarterback. Like, where, where the hell has Connor Wegman been this entire season? Like, he came out there for a freshman, looked composed. He looked calm. He got through his reads. He was accurate. The connection with him and Evan Stewart was tremendous, especially early on. The game kind of died out middle, and then they kind of reconnected later on once again. But, like, he, he looked really good, really, really good. So, you got a quarterback now. I think that, that, that's been one of the big issues for AM. Mm is you haven't had a gunslinger back there to run this offense. So that's a positive, but the negative is that's your four straight loss. That's four straight. I, and yeah, and, I, and, and I, oh, is it four straight? Four straight. Four straight. Boy, I hate to see it. Sorry, A&M. God, it really bums me out to hear that. Um, no, look, okay, here's where I'm at with Wigman. I don't think that tonight was – necessarily especially better than the other guys you've seen this year but to your point he performed at the level or better right than the other guys did and if he's a true freshman doing that obviously you have to roll with him right like he's the only guy yeah. i agree with you and like he, he at least flashed at times like oh there's something exciting here rather than just being very run mill boy how how rough for max johnson Aaron? right oh i mean you choose to leave and go to A&M. You think you're going to get out of a toxic because because Max Johnson mm-hmm. went through the toxic ringer at LSU. He had to deal with two years of like, you know, just drama, drama. People pissed off because you're losing under 500 ball. Your coaches in the headlines, just drama. He's like, you know what? I'm going to go to A&M. The vibes seem great over there. And then he gets over there, and it's been the most toxic program in all of America all year long. And now Brian Kelly's committed elsewhere. It's a rough, rough spot for Max. But uh, I-, I will say this. A&M was kind of lively early in this game, right? They went up 14-7. They're winning. Freshman to freshman connection. That's what I'm saying. You're kind of like, oh, shit, dude. Is this it? But here's what I want to say about Texas A&M. A lot of times the announcers always talk about their freshman class, right? And be like, yeah, they signed the best freshman class of all time, but they're 18. So, you know, you got to wait for them to get better. And that is true, but that's not why people were high on A&M. That was a feather in the cap, the freshman class was. Why they were high on A&M is because in 2020, 
they went nine and one during the pandemic and kicked everybody's ass. In 2022, uh, they may be disappointed overall, but they found a way to beat Alabama. They've stacked top five classes for four or five years in a row now. Like, nobody, it wasn't like, oh, all of a sudden AM's going to be good because they got a bunch of good freshmen. It was just, oh, AM's already getting really good, and now they got these freshmen. But the problem is, AM's not getting that good. 2020 no. looks like a flash in the pan. Alabama looks like its own flash in the pan and now everything just feels really bad and they're not getting rid of jimbo pete then will talk about it that's not happening so it's um the coordinators are gonna get fired like everybody else is gonna get fired except for jimbo and that's uh well, do they, do they win their, do they win their next there. three games do they do they do they 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 florida at auburn umass and then lsu do they win their next three i don't think I, I don't think they win both florida and at auburn I think I think one of those teams will beat them. I don't know which one, but but I but I, I don't think I don't think they can do that. And yes, Brandon Reese, we have stopped calling it. We 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 already stopped on this show, but we 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 must acknowledge reality. And and Jimbo was a quarterback whisperer, right? Turn in first overall pick in James Winston, multiple first round picks, and Ponder and EJ Manuel back in the day. But we have a very large sample size now of that no longer being the case. Like the best quarterback he's had in like the last. 10 years was Kellen Mond, who is, you know, was solid, but I don't know now, especially that Jimbo did really anything to elevate him. Like Kellen Mond, honestly, would have been better in a different offense with a different coordinator, different coach. So it's, 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 it's rough. Uh, B Beans says, what about LSU? Do you have A&M beat LSU? Uh, LSU still, still, still. I know they've been playing consistently lately. Yeah, no, fuck that, dude. No, LSU has to beat AM. If AM if LSU doesn't beat AM, that's a that's a very bad outcome. I think it's at LSU too. Is am I correct on that one? I want to say it's at in Baton Rouge. Know that. I should know that off the top of my head. On the road in College Station. Okay, never mind. Oh, wrong Wait, is one. this the first time in College Station since the uh, I think it is because well, maybe with crowd because the pandemic. I'm not entirely sure, but of course the in 2018, there was the seven overtime game. Oh yeah, the Kellen Mond and A and M one that was. Fucking I heard the I heard that such a huge rivalry. A and M LSU is like this big rivalry. Am I correct on that one, T Bob? Are you being sarcastic here, or is this a genuine question? No, I, I'm somewhat sarcastic. Yeah, exactly. Well, who, I can who, see it in your, who wants to make? I can it see more. it in your no, dazzling, A&M beautiful, shit eating grin. No, no, no. Here, here's what I would say is that me and we, I think me and Brum might have talked about this in like a production meeting one day. Um, a and LSU is a giant corporate success story and marketing success story in that they created this. Now, the people will point to like back in the day, a and LSU did used to play and stuff, and there was a little bit of juice there. But they basically created this rivalry a few years ago, and they said, you know what? This is going to be the Thanksgiving Day game. And it gained juice faster than anyone could have imagined. I mean, I remember having conversations about, is this forced? Is this fake? But then it was just drama year after year. It was both teams going after Jimbo. It was John Chavis leaving LSU, going to a and suing LSU. It was the seven-overtime game. Like, LSU fans hate Texas A&M. Every single day of my morning show, it's just constant Jimbo jokes, Texas 8 and 4 jokes. They loathe 
Texas A&M, and it's not forced. Now, I'm not saying I'm, I would not put this up against any of the great rivalries because, you know, me, I value history over all of it when it comes to these things, and this is a new one. This was microwaved, but for the people in it, it is legitimate. Like, LSU fans legitimately – and look, Houston is the big A&M fan base. Houston is also the single largest LSU alumni city fan base. So there is actual juice here for the people in it. Shouldn't get national juice. Completely understand that. But for the yeah. people in it, um, like I would – this sounds wild because I love the golden boot. I would rather lose to Arkansas and beat Texas A&M than the other way around. Wow. Like that? All right. Okay. That, I know, and it's insane. I grew up hating Arkansas. I know. Clarify. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, other big yeah, we game. Gotta go. We got to go. But Kansas State, just FYI for those Kansas State fans out there, Oh, complete ass-whooping for Oklahoma State. My goodness. Hey, I told you guys Oklahoma State's Goodness. frauds. I t- what I tell you weeks ago? You did. Oklahoma you did. State you tried to tell three, me. I didn't believe you. Nine and yeah. three, maybe ten and two football team. Mm. Best they could do. You right tried to tell me. Two. Yeah, you tried to tell me, and I didn't listen to you, Aaron. I should. Uh, oh, well, one thing we mentioned in the air show we mentioned here: uh, Bo Nix went off. Maybe the nation's leader in total touchdowns will see come Sunday, but they beat Cal 42-40. Aaron, how about these last three games for Oregon? At Colorado, nothing but then versus Washington, versus Utah, in Corvallis against Oregon State. If they finish that off, they'll be like, that is a team that will be playing very good football heading into a Pac-12 championship. Yep. Really, really good. Like they are the schedule, the schedule lines up nicely. Um, you know, USC had some struggles tonight versus Arizona did not look great. Uh, I think that uh, to me, it's going to be a rematch against UCLA and, you know, it's always hard to beat someone oh, really? twice in the season. So we'll see, but a rematch yeah, against UCLA, right huh? Who else you think? Yeah, well, God, I mean, I don't know, man. You got Caleb Williams out there. Okay, man. I mean, Oregon and USC don't play. <laughs> I mean, USC's right there. What are you saying? What are you saying about SC, Aaron? They used to be you us, the petite Trojan boys. Yeah, what are you saying? Just say it then. The UCLA is going to beat their ass. <laughs> she. What's UCLA score right now? What's, what's UCLA up right at the moment? Okay. UCLA 24 to 6 against Stanford. Knew I should have put some damn money on that one. Law, law of transitive sports we properties, went big Aaron. this weekend, oh, Bob. On UCLA. Five and one. I think I was on my bets overall. I was like seven and nine on my bets this weekend. So we're we're eating we're eating good tomorrow night. Uh, you did great, Aaron. Thank you for that under. You did, you did uh, very good. All time. right. Uh, yep. Three and zero. Hey, the boys. Twelve and fifteen. Never been so excited to be twelve and fifteen in my fucking life. Let's ride, boys. Huge uh, thank you to everyone. Okay, relax. Okay, you know we get it. Uh, huge thank you to everyone. In the chat, hanging out with us tonight. Hope you're having a wonderful Saturday night. I know we are. And uh, check this out. So we're going to be back live with Snaps on Monday. We go live on AMP now. So Amazon AMP, download the app. It's like new Jeff Bezos radio. And we go live at noon Central, 1 Eastern, every uh, day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, And then, as always, check us out on the Volume Sports YouTube channel where you're watching us right now. Look, if you like the post, that helps a lot. I know it's annoying. You know what else really helps? If you subscribe to the podcast and wherever you do, if you rate it 
and review it, the robots are like, whoa, dude, people like this. They're going to send it out to more people. And you can also text it to your friends and help make Papa Colin and FanDuel and everybody else very happy with us. We would love you if you could help us out with that. And, uh, yeah, shout out FanDuel promo code SNAPS when you download the Sportsbook app and then listen to our bets. And, you know, sometimes you'll win money. Like today you would have won good money. Aaron won great money today, so let's freaking run, dude. Uh, and guess what, guys? It's a big snaps week. I mean, are you kidding me? LSU, Bama, Georgia, Tennessee. Like, Ooh. these are the weeks. Like, this is why I crawled out of my dad's balls 33 years ago. We're to experience weeks of football like this, okay? And so we're going to do it together. I'm very excited, Aaron. I'm very excited, Rob. I'm very excited to all of our wonderful uh, friends we hang out with every day here. Let's work and go, boys. We'll see you for snaps on Monday. The volume. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.